on every continent, in every nation. Animals unrecognized by modern science are reported on a daily basis. In the oceans, lakes, and rivers, in the rainforests and desert wastes, on mountain pinnacles, and in the everlasting night of caverns underground. In distant lands, and in our own backyards, they wait. The men and women who pursue them are propelled by passion, and their passion has a name. Cryptozoology. Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Zoo is now open. Everybody, hello. Welcome to Alien Zoo. Thanks for listening. My goodness. My name is Chris, and I believe... What do I believe in? <laughs> it's actually funny you should ask. I'm talking cryptids, alright? And that is what this show is going to be about. <clears throat> so each Alien Zoo episode will be dedicated to a specific cryptid that we, meaning me and my many, 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 many guests from all walks of life, mostly homeless, we'll talk about. Uh, we're going to go over sightings, the different theories behind certain cryptids, and just some overall information, like where can they be found, in case you want to go out and search for them yourselves. Now, I'm not quite sure what the duration of each of these episodes are going to be, but uh, we'll play it by ear. Um, I don't even know how often a new episode will be released. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a surprise for all of us. But, you know, everything will get sorted out, and it'll be great. Alright? However, this being episode one, I thought it would be beneficial to briefly go over cryptozoology as a whole before we get into specific cryptids. Just so we're all, we're all on the same page moving forward. Um, but before we do that, uh, let me quickly, quickly tell you why I decided to start this podcast. Um, the reason I decided to start this podcast about cryptids is, well, just I, I want to talk about monsters. Alright? I'm tired of humans. When discussing cryptozoology, there are a handful of major human players that must be mentioned, okay? Now, I will mention them, but it will be briefly. All right. If this was a show about humans, it would be called um, Man Farm or something. Um, and that's an entirely different show that I'm working on. Uh, this is about creatures. All right, so let's get this started. Um, my main source for today's episode is the Encyclopedia of Cryptozoology, A Global Guide by Michael Newton. All right, so... Here we go, the first meaningful question of the show, uh, other than are we recording. What is cryptozoology? All right, well, get ready to have your brain stuffed of knowledge. 
First off, allow me to break down the word. It's Greek, like the salad. Cryptos means hidden. The word zoon is used to describe animals that grow from a fertilized egg. And logia is Greek for study. Cryptozoology, or the study of hidden animals. And I think that's just neat. Dr. Bernard Huvelmans coined the term in the 1950s, although a French author, Lucien Blancot, was the first to use the word in print in his book, Géographie Sénégétique du Monde, 1959. Decades later, Dr. Huvelmans elaborated the definition as, quote, the scientific study of hidden animals, i.e., of still unknown animal forms about which only testimonial or circumstantial evidence is available, or material evidence is considered insufficient by some, end quote. When the International Society of Cryptozoology, or the ISC, was formed in 1982, with Huvelmans as president, obviously, the founders declared that cryptozoology also concerns, quote, the possible existence of known animals in areas where they are not supposed to occur. Uh, for example, kangaroos in North America. No reason for a kangaroo to be in North America. If it is, it's considered a cryptid. So, what is this show? This shows you what makes an animal of interest to cryptozoology. It just has to be unexpected. Are there any creatures that cryptozoology excludes? Well, here we go. Dr. Huvelmans shouted from an empty room that cryptozoology, quote, is not an arcane or occult zoology, end quote. Cryptozoologists don't typically study monsters like vampires, werewolves, or devils, unless it's in New Jersey. Although incredibly interesting, alleged encounters and sightings of UFOs and extraterrestrials also basically have nothing to do with cryptozoology. Um, I say basically have nothing to do with cryptozoology, uh, only until I tell you about the alien zoo theory which I plan on doing an entire episode on. So, uh, you have to wait until then. However, some cryptozoologists do study mythical monsters with the goal in mind to identify the quote-unquote real creatures that birthed such legends. Um, for an example, uh, famed cryptozoologist Carl Schuker has a book on dragons called Dragons, A Natural History. Alright, now we're into the meat of the podcast. I apologize to vegans out there. What is a cryptid? Alright then, what is a cryptid? In his piece for the International Society of Cryptozoology's Summer of 1983 newsletter, John E. Wall proposed the term cryptid or, quote, 
hidden animal, unquote, should replace the more commonly used term up to that point, which was monster, in future discussions of animals studied by cryptozoology. It was getting a bit confusing because, truth be told, a lot of the animals being studied by cryptozoologists were very unmonstrous. Is that a word? And all hail cryptozoologist Roy Mackle for this beautiful quote. There are no monsters, just unidentified animals. I'm going to get that tattooed on my throat. You best believe it. In further defining cryptids, my main man Huvelmans said, quote, For an unknown animal to be reported, or for it to bring attention to itself, it is necessary that it should be highly visible, and hence must be of an appreciable size. Um, end quote. Sorry. He, he left that size unspecified, though. I believe that if an animal is typically large and you see it tiny, that's odd. And on the and the other way around, um, like if I was hiking and I came across a uh, giant duck, I'd call someone, definitely. He continues by adding uh, his described animal, quote, should perhaps be supplemented by that of abnormal size within a certain group, end quote. Ah, okay. So there you go. Um, great. In 1985, a fellow by the name of J. Richard Greenwall created a system of classification for cryptids that include, but are not limited, to these seven groups. Okay, here we go. Here are the groups now. Group one. Individuals of a known living species whose form, size, color, or pattern is extraordinary for the species. Some examples of this group would be uh, giant anaconda, spotted lions, um, and also my aforementioned giant duck. Group 2. Well-known species unrecognized as living in a particular area. Uh, Kangaroos in North America. I love that. Group 3. Presumably extinct species, not fossil forms, known only from limited organic evidence. For example, skins, bones, feathers, etc. But without a complete type specimen. Group 4. Known species presumed extinct within historical times, like the thylacine, just ask Willem Dafoe, which may have survived much longer and perhaps to the present day. Group 5. Representatives of fossil forms, like dinosaurs, presumed extinct during geologic times, which may have survived into historical times or even to the present day. Group 6. New species known from anecdotal evidence for which no known organic evidence exists. Now, this is a classic. This is probably the most common group. Um, Mothman belongs here. Bigfoot, Chupacabra, Jersey Devil. All right. And lastly, group 7. New species not reported previously or which may have been accidentally discovered. Um... A great example of this, November 1976, uh, the unknown at the time, Mega Mouth Shark, 
was hooked near Oahu, Hawaii for the first time ever. 76. J. Richard Greenwell does state, however, that this last group is, quote, not cryptozoological in the complete sense of the definition, end quote. All right. Here's a small list of animals that once lived only in folklore and legend. Key animals, which were once cryptids, but are now just animals. The mountain gorilla was founded only in 1902. The Komodo dragon was thought to just be a regular dragon until a photo and a skin sample appeared in the States in 1912. Giant panda bear was founded in 1916. The okapi, striped deer, was founded in 1901. A goddamn ox, the Vujang ox, was discovered in 1992. My little sister is older than the discovery of an ox. But what about the skeptics? All true cryptozoologists are skeptics. A skeptic is normally defined as a person who questions the validity or authenticity of purported... purported? Factual data. You know, sometimes it's just hard to make sense of what you don't understand. Skeptics' minds can change, though. I'll see it when I believe it, is what they say. Uh, but cryptozoologists are doing the work so that one day we will see so we can finally believe. Well, I hope this wasn't too brutally boring. Um, this was the overview episode. Yawn! And I'm still not 100% sure of what I'm doing. But anyways... Uh, next episode should, should be more fun. So please join me next week, or next month, or next year. It's not going to be next year, it's not going to be, well. Until next time, this has been Alien Zoo.